Welcome to the Bucket Problem episode 20. I am your host, Ace Sandbender, joined by Dan and Connor Southard and a guest today. Uh, we have Richard Johnson of Split Zone Duo and the SEC Network's Thinking Out Loud, uh, which he co-hosts with Spencer Hall. Uh, we are presented by Homefield Apparel and PointsBet. Uh, we are coming off uh, the real bummer of a fucking game. Uh, Michigan loses 37-33 to Michigan State, um, loses their undefeated record, uh, blows a 30-14 uh, to 14 lead. I could go on, uh, but I'd, I'd rather not. Um, instead... Um, Sorry, co-host, I'm going to make you wait for a little bit because uh, RJ has a hard out at 730 and I want to get his thoughts on both this game and kind of some big picture stuff on uh, where the program stands after yet another uh, close rivalry loss. Um, first of all, what to you was kind of the biggest reason, reason that Michigan failed to close this one out against Michigan State? Well, first of all, I'm glad that I'm allowed on here as a as a representative of the Southeastern Conference's uh, athletic interests. <laughs> um, I'm glad that I'm allowed on here. Um, so this is, I, I don't know, in the in the pantheon of their weird losses to other Big Ten stalwarts, um, if if we can even call Michigan State a stalwart, <laughs> um, this is really a weird one because to me. Like, Cade McNamara basically blacked out and played, like, the game of his life, in my opinion. I mean, I've, I've not watched every single Michigan game this year. It was a bit that I that I, uh, that I I had gone, I think, like, four or five weeks until the Wisconsin game without actually watching them because they just kept on smoking everybody. Like, the Washington game, I planned to watch them, and then that game became one of the more boring football games I've ever watched. Um, so I, I thought McNamara played really well. I thought Michigan's offensive game plan and what Gaddis came in there trying to do to Michigan State's defense, frankly, was executed pretty well. Um, it seemed pretty clear that they knew that Michigan State was a hard rotating secondary because they are. Um, Michigan State rotates that secondary, I mean, on a whim. You've got safeties dropping very aggressively um, back into single high shells or, or from single high to two high shells or whatever. Um, and it seemed like, like even the first really long touchdown was like an in-breaking route right in front of a safety who was effectively like dropping away from it. Um, I thought McNamara's ball placement in the game was really good. Uh, I thought he was on time and especially being over the throwing over the middle on time. I mean, that's something you got NFL quarterbacks that can't do. So I was really impressed with the way he played on Saturday. But then for me, the defense, like there's not many times that I watch a football game and will tell people that 197 yards rushing was like mostly the running back just figuring it out because that's what it seemed like to me. I mean, I, like, yes, Michigan did not have the greatest run fits all day, to be fair. But a lot of that stuff was was Kenneth Walker III creating stuff uh, at, on, on plays that looked, frankly, quite dead in the water. Um, so it's just weird the way the game scripted out, um, just over the sort of the course of, of, uh, of how Jim's being there or, or how long Jim's been there. So, um, you know, points for creativity and how they lost that game, I guess, <laughs> um, you know, they like, if they don't smoke Indiana on Saturday, I, they're 
that's a canary in the coal mine. Um, so here we sit with Penn State in what is it, three weeks? Um, Penn State games in three weeks. You know, can you win that? If you lose that, then Thanksgiving weekend is is you know what it is. Um, and so where does that leave Michigan? I you know I don't know. I I think that for you know I'm a Florida guy. I'm in this similar boat with Florida right now. You've got Florida, which is losing to the um, the very established big brother, big brothers in the league. Um, and then also on the other hand, stubbing their toe in games that they should win. And when you get to that point, and obviously Michigan's been at that point for a lot longer than Florida has with, with Jim Harbaugh. Um, but when you get to that point, you sit and you say, well, what is this? Like when, when, when is this going to get any better? What, what, what are we really doing here? Um, you know, as I understand it, Ace from talking to you and, and talking to people close to the program, they are just pot committed to Jim working out. Yes. Um, and, and okay. If that's, if that's how you want, if that's how you want it. Okay. Um, but on my, you know, at what point maybe does Jim go back to the NFL? I thought it could have been last year because of the whole contract situation and all that type of stuff. Um, and how poor last year was, I thought that he'd just fly back to the NFL. Um, but it didn't happen. And, and so maybe we sort of have another round of that in November. Um, you know, the bears job will probably come open and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, it's, it's sort of in the same place it has been for me with Michigan over the last few years, which I guess is inherently the problem. Yeah. I mean, for me, like the tough thing coming out of this game is like, if you took it as a singular event, that's a fluky loss that you can kind of you can chalk up to so many different little things going wrong but when you look at you know Jim Harbaugh's tenure here you can say that about so many different games that it becomes this pattern almost that I don't know it feels kind of difficult to stitch together almost because it's not always the same problem in each game there are there are certain common threads like there seems to be some level of disorganization some level of kind of conservative approach in some level of, I would say, getting a little bit too cute. Um, uh, although people are blaming uh, JJ uh, McCarthy for a fumble that was apparently on Blake Corm. Uh, but <laughs> is there, is there a pattern that you can see to explain why Michigan hasn't been able to put it all together? Or is it, is the pattern just that it's not working? Well, you know, the, the obvious pattern is, is talent as it, the Ohio state thing, the, yes. the Ohio state thing, obviously the, the pattern there is talent. Um, but you know, with the other things, sort of, like I said, like this was, this was a different one for me. Um, this was a sort of a different sort of loss. So you have this new defensive coordinator in who is allegedly supposed to bring in, um, some new defensive ideas and to Don Brown's credit, which I know a lot of people don't want to do, but to Don <laughs> Brown's credit towards the end last season, they were running more zone. They were changing things up. They were a little bit less of the, you know, uh, uh whatever, whatever aggression or whatever, um, that they had been throughout his tenure. Um, so they changed things up. They got a little bit more pro style. Um, I am not, I, I'm not really a recruiting guy, so I can't speak to the recruiting. Um, but I do know that staff got younger as a, as a hopeful response to winning more recruiting wars. Um, you know, I, I, I think Florida 
as to sort of parallel that, I think Florida is going to have a similar shakeup, at least on the defensive side of the ball, to try to win recruiting wars as well. But Dan um, Mullen doesn't want to talk about that, right? But yeah, but it's it's the regular season. It's not recruiting season. We don't talk about recruiting during the season. Um, so yeah, I, I with Jim, I like what is Jim's value and what is Jim's benefit? And and I guess that's sort of like an open question. As you know, he's not this quarterback whisper guy to me he doesn't really have a calling card in in a sense he's just a guy who i guess similarly to his brother um they just know ball and they have found ways to get the most out of their talent and i think the thing is the frustrating thing um for michigan people i can imagine is like what if this is as good as it's going to get (laughs) <laughs> like what if the what if this is the ceiling? Now you know you can argue about whether it should be or not, but like what if it is? Then what? Yeah, I mean that I, uh, our friends at Hoover Street Rag brought up um, Mark Richt as a, a comparable kind of situation, but Mark Richt's Georgia tenure, not his Miami tenure. Yes, tenure, yeah. thankfully, <laughs> but uh, you're just kind of stuck in this eight win, nine win, 10 win, sometimes even 11 win uh, uh, scenario, but just never quite getting over the hump. And yeah, that is, I mean, it's certainly better than what Michigan had with uh, Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke. Um, But like, I don't know, is there a way that you can see them clawing their way above that ceiling? You know, with this younger staff, they do have a five-star corner committed next year and, We'll hopefully get a second, um, depending on how this season plays out. And uh, J.J. McCarthy is a five-star quarterback who has shown at least some talent um, in the time that they've uh, – some really impressive arm talent in the, in the time that they put him out there. But is there a way that you see it coming together, or is this just kind of who Jim Harbaugh is? Yeah, I like recruiting high at, at a higher level is – once you're this far in, is not always possible frankly. Um, but I don't think it's impossible for Michigan. Michigan is one of the teams that I think can pull that off. Um, you know, like we said, we, they've moved younger with the staff. Um, you maybe could get better recruiting. Like, and I, like, I know Michigan fans don't want to hear that, but this, I know Michigan fans don't want to hear this, but you're in triple overtime or double overtime at Ohio state, however many years ago, you know, with a chance to win the game and you got a, a hell of a call, I'll say. Um, and, and you lost the game. It sucks, but like <laughs> you were there, like yeah. you were there. And yes, I know it is frustrating to, to see how both programs, the trajectory of both programs have gone since basically almost literally that moment in time. Um, so how do you get back? But I, I, I say that to say that it, it is attainable to get to a point in theory where you are not just competing with Ohio state, but in it with Ohio state in a football game that you can conceivably win. Like this is not something that I feel is out of the realm of possibility. Now I will say getting rid of Jim Harbaugh, that is a, that is a proposition because going from going, what, however bad it was with Brady five wins, whatever it was, to eight, nine wins ish, that can be done, particularly at a, at a program like Michigan. But getting over that hump, going from 10 to 12 consistently, 10 to 11 consistently, 
that is something that is a that that that's putting your chips on the table. Now, Georgia did it. Georgia literally did it. Um, and and that is one of the things where you say, OK, Georgia pulled it off. Um, they they pulled it off with the Saban acolyte, which which this Kirby Smart was not the one I thought. I did not think Kirby Smart yeah. was going to be the Saban guy who actually pulled it off, but they did apparently. Um, so that's not to say it's impossible, but it is a dicey proposition. Um, and it is a chips in proposition and is ward manual ready to do that. I'm not sure. So if you're ward manual, what do you need to see to kind of make you feel good about bringing Harbaugh back and maybe possibly, I don't know, not just bringing him back, but I, I feel like if you're going to do that, you, you might need to address his contract situation because you, you did this kind of fake extension thing where you kind of ripped away the buyout. And I, I think, I mean, they're managing to recruit right now, but I can imagine if it, if he's continuing under that kind of a contract situation that that's probably already has been and will continue to be used against Michigan. Yeah, you know, I don't know the nature of of how this contract is being used against Michigan on the recruiting trail. Like I know like in, in you know, the in the SEC, like it becomes a canary in the coal mine when a coach's job security or insecurity then becomes used against him on the recruiting trail. You can see it um with a lot of the high level talent guys. Um and it, and it becomes something that depresses a recruiting class. Um, if they're recruiting at a higher clip than they were over the last couple of years, you could stand to say there is some optimism. And if you really want to say that you did it the Michigan way with this guy, giving him a little bit more runway, you know, maybe that is it. Maybe that is it to say, we really did as much as we could to make it work. Like I said, if, if they're as pot committed to this thing as it seems, um, I don't know off the top of my head how much longer Harbaugh's contract actually is. I knew it was coming up at the end of last season, and then they, they did that sort of fake extension. There's no buyout, so I forgot to keep track of okay, the because it feels okay. fake. <laughs> yes, okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Um, but, like, who's going to hire him anyway that, that's not in yep. the NFL? Like what college job is he going through? Like it, it, and so you sort of, if you're Ward Manual, you almost have him over a barrel, kinda, because he's not leaving for another college job. Um, and unless the NFL comes calling, which I'm not sure that it is, he may want to go, but I don't know that it that the NFL is actually going to come calling. So in a sense, you're kind of in a position of strength if you're Ward Manual in Michigan. Yeah, no, that's true, and uh, I, I'm also kind of of the belief that Harbaugh doesn't really want to leave unless the situation here becomes pretty untenable from both ends. But um, that may be my naive Michigan fandom coming through a little bit, but um, hey, do you mind if I, uh, I ask a question? No, jump in. Sorry. Um, I, so I'm just, I'm curious, you know, I think an argument has at least that I've seen multiple times has been, you know, what coach would take the Michigan job, after Jim Harbaugh, given that, you know, he is the prodigal son returns like the chosen one, like he was supposed to lead us back to the promised land. Do you, do you buy that? I guess, do you like think there's an element there that someone wouldn't want to follow up Jim Harbaugh? I mean, you know, the way I personally see it is that seven years is a fair shake in the college football uh, coaching world, but I'm, I'm curious of your thoughts on that. So the, the theory is that no one, that someone may not, may not want to, uh, 
following Jim Harbaugh's footsteps? Yes, or just generally that it would be a dissuader to the job that, you know, it, that we would be willing to fire, like, you know, this, this person that had, like, been the chosen one and, like, had, had been a quarterback, like, you know, deeply, deep ties to the school, et cetera. Um, I don't know, you know, kind of like if, if Mich- Michigan State were to fire Mark D'Antonio, who was, like, the face of that program for so long. I, sorry, it was a clunky way to ask. No, 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 no. I, I, I got you now. Like, what, what is he, the fucking Pope? Like, he hasn't, <laughs> won, like, he hasn't won anything. You got to understand that like, Michigan fans believe, like, some wild shit, especially I, when it becomes comes to, like, being able to funnel pessimism into their, like, Michigan fandom. <laughs> they will like, believe some wild things. I like of all of the things to not fight. Like I, I, I am not. I'm not worried that they can't go get somebody. Like I, like I, I'm. I'm not worried that somebody's going to say the Jim Harbaugh, you know, boots are too much to fill. Like I, that's not the worry for why Michigan should or shouldn't get rid of him, in my opinion. And maybe the perception that the athletic department is not like. Or that like the football job is not an easy one to to be in, which I I mean I don't know. You could say well, that about that, so many programs, but yeah, now, yeah, exactly. That's where we get interesting, in yes. my opinion. That is where we get interesting because okay, everybody knows Ohio State more money than God, more money towards football than God. Okay, put them off to the side. Penn State, if they keep James, and I'm not, I don't know that they will. But if they keep James, you would imagine that James ha- will then have some assurances of increased salary pool, increased commitment to football, yada, yada, yada. If they don't keep James and they move on, there will definitely be assurances. Mm-hmm. So so what I, I say that to say, they're booting up. Penn State is gonna probably going to boot it up from here either way because of what's coming either with James Franklin or without James Franklin. You are going to have to assure whoever comes next that you are serious about this. And not in the like, like I, I would imagine maybe Harbaugh would take a little bit of a hometown discount with staff or uh, infrastructure or whatever. If I'm the guy coming in, though, nah, baby, like I'm coming in to fight the Death Star every Thanksgiving weekend and I need everything. I need everything. So I understand that there are some University of Michigan university side people who would rather football fall off a cliff tomorrow because they're the <laughs> Ivy of the Midwest. That's your own problem. If you want to win games as the next person who I, and Michigan could take a swing at anybody. I mean, it's Michigan, in my opinion, if, if you're going to take a swing on, let's call it Matt Campbell, who I know is awesome luster because they're, they're having a, a, a weird year out there. But if it is Matt Campbell, I come in and I need everything. I need absolutely everything. Now, Matt Campbell would probably win in my opinion, in the way that Michigan people wants, want to win. Um, I'm told he's a choir boy, so to speak, <laughs> on the recruiting trail. So I know that there are some people who would be happy with that. Now, you have to not be a choir boy in some respects. Yeah, some of us are ready, ready for Michigan to get their hands dirty. <laughs> yes, yes, I understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need, you need the full institutional backing of the Michigan war chest um, to, to do what you need to do here. And I mean, do you think like, I know you feel like you have a similar situation as, as a Florida fan, like you, you're, you're kind of trying to find the reasons for hope. I would imagine in that situation, if you're a Michigan fan right now, what are you kind of looking at and going, well, like they've got this going for them and that might be enough. 
like I, I do think you can sit here and say, well, okay, we pined for offense. Excuse me. We pined for offense. We wanted more offense. We wanted more modern offense. Um, the Joe Milton thing did not work out, uh, but it does seem like in year, what is it? Year four of Gaddis, year three of Gaddis, three. Um, three. Okay. Year three of Gaddis that there is something proof of concept wise on at quarterback. Now I know Michigan fans have been sold a bill of goods before <laughs> with quarter where quarterback is concerned, Joe Milton, Shea Patterson, you know, on and on and on down the line. Um, so I get that. I get why that would sort of fall on deaf ears, but I do think they are better on offense, um, getting better on offense in a way that, um, you know, you can feel a little bit better about moving forward. Um, before I, uh, bring in our other guest and, and maybe have you guys do a joint home field ad read. We'll see here. Um, I like, you know, I've kind of, you know, asked you to give some optimistic takes, um, but realistically, if you just want, went with like, I mean, I, I just wrote a whole thing saying how wildly unpredictable coaching anything is uh, with trend, with college football. But um, if you kind of had to guess how this plays out with Harbaugh, especially seeing like where Michigan's at scheme wise, the fact that it's your seven, uh, how would you guess that it plays out? I think they probably run it back one more time. Um, and if it really, really doesn't work next year, or if we get the exact same thing next year, then I think riding on the wall part ways, however you want to term it. Um, I mean, they're not, I, I don't think they're ever going to fire, fire, fire him um, just because that, that would be uncouth probably uh, mm-hmm. as far as they're concerned. Um, so they will find a way to rehome him somehow where that will be. I don't know, but I do think probably you're running it back here next year unless they do something stupid. I mean, I, I mean, I honestly think they'll probably beat Penn state. Um, I, I'm, I was not terribly impressed with Penn state, um, particularly Penn state's offense. I don't really think, Penn State has taken a sizable leap in offense as far as Sean Clifford's concerned. I think they're doing some things to paper over um, some some of his deficiencies. And I think Michigan can get Penn State. I'm, I'm just not terribly impressed with that. Um, go to Ohio State. Don't get smoked. Don't get beat by 40 um, like the other, the other year. Um, please. <laughs> please don't get beat by 40. Um, don't do something very stupid and lose to Doug on Indiana. Don't lose to Indiana. Come on now. Um, so do what you're supposed to do. Have fun in the Citrus Bowl and and see if we can't figure this out in 2022. Michigan which fans will refuse. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. My mentions are going to be awesome after this podcast. I cannot wait. Um, and I, but I do think they're just going to end up running this back next year. Oh, yeah. No, I believe it. Um, speaking of running it back, uh, we, we have Connor Hitchcock with us from, from home field uh, because – we have managed to continue running back our, our main sponsor uh, through all this. And uh, Connor, uh, I, I think the Indiana Hoosiers are going to be running it back with uh, Nick Sheridan as their offense coordinator. I know you just suggested that he uh, he come to Michigan, but uh, that, that job is filled at the moment. So I, I just wanted to apologize for that first off. But um, uh, do you have any uh, anything to tell the good people about uh, about a certain good brand? Oh, hello, Ace. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Hello, friends. Um, we got beef, man. We got beef. <laughs> okay. You and me? Why, why are you, who are licensed to the University of Texas, uh-huh. not 
printing a monkey oh, shirt. Oh, God. Here we go. I was <laughs> wondering I how we were going to get this I in need here. It. I need it from the horse's mouth. Where's my shirt? Uh, well, Richard, I'm compromised by my relationships with all schools. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoken like a oh. true CEO. Oh, oh yeah. Speaking of which, uh, betrayal from last money. weekend. I mean, betrayal. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. we, we were promised a drop and then it, it was looking for so long like we were going to have a new Michigan shirt. And then that's not my fault. That is not my fault. The Michigan shirt didn't drop. You know, home field magic is complicated and I am going to figure out a way to blame that one on you. I'm still I'm still putting it all together, but I am going to find a way. Yeah, that's the well, first thing maybe, I yelled um, as soon as Kenneth Walker went in for his fifth touchdown was like, gosh, I can't believe I'm not getting that new home field shirt. Um, <laughs> I was really that was basically the first thing on my mind. Definitely not other expletives or, you know, cursing God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, um, Kenneth Walker, who had a much worse game against the Indiana Hoosiers, which I believe <laughs> you're looking at. A correlation. It's like about a cor- <laughs> it's the R is one when it comes to Kenneth Walker touchdowns. Uh, in terms of performance, um, I was at that game. It was terrible. Uh, this is supposed to be a home field ad. Yeah, uh, buy very comfortable shirts from home field. They're great. Um, I I don't make them as much anymore, but the people that do are really nice and a lot more uh, healthy than I am. A not broken brain uh, cheering on Indiana every day and tweeting about it and definitely not getting upset at Dan's tweets targeted at Indiana uh, <laughs> meant, meant to make me upset. Um, we sponsor great programs like Split Zone Duo, uh, hey. as well as the Bucket Problem. Uh, Thank you. Of course, you all are listening to the Bucket Problem and Split Zone Duo, so please go listen. Um, our lives are about to be hell for eight weeks, but that's good. Keep ordering. Um, and go Hoosiers. Uh, last year, we did drop, use bucket, code Bucket Problem, 15% off. Um, or OCD, if you do different emails, Aces. I, I listen to the podcast for both of you, <laughs> so I, I know the tricks. Literally, <laughs> I listened to I listened to three podcasts today, and it was the Split Zone Duo Patreon, the Roundup, and then the Michigan State episode prior to this, which was really sad in retrospect. And I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> we haven't but, we haven't we haven't deleted that one yet. I feel like <laughs> it's like they should all auto delete when Michigan loses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really happy for you that you got off the red cedar today. That was a big step yeah. for you. Well, I mean, there's not much there for me anymore because they're very happy. Um, it's only good the, that message board's only good when they when they're awful. Um, yeah, but yeah. No, I was. It wasn't good for my brain, um, and I'm <laughs> I was trying to stop. <laughs> Uh, speaking of things that are good for people's braids, uh, Richard, I believe you have to go consume playoff content now, and I, I apologize if you have to watch any of that show, but um, I also know that you can't respond to that in any way now that I'm thinking about one of your employers. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but, love love my job. Yes. Uh, love my job. Michigan ranks seventh, by the way. Um, Michigan ranks wow. seventh. Uh, how about this for a whopper? Ohio State's ranked fifth, by the way. Your audience will care about that. Um, <laughs> Northwestern is 10th. Oklahoma's eighth. This is incredible. I'm checking my email right now. This is the first time I've seen the literal ranking. You, right nor, now. you didn't say Northwestern's. Yeah, I was you. about to say Northwestern. <laughs> no, did I say Northwestern? <laughs> yeah, Northwestern, Notre, yeah. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. No, okay. Similar programs in a lot of way. Both the Notre Dame Catholic fighting Irish. That was a that was a Freudian slip. Wow, that's okay. amazing. Mick McCall soon come. <laughs> well, Richard Johnson, um, listen to Split Zone Duo. Uh, watch thinking out loud uh anything else to plug before you uh head on out man 
Uh, no, thinking out loud, split zone duo. Um, and I'm in the pages of Sports Illustrated. So appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, Connor, great to see you. Uh, and yeah, thanks, guys. Great All seeing right. you, pal. Thanks a lot, Richard. All right, we are. Think- sorry. What's up, Connor? No, I was just going to ask, um, do you think now that Iowa State has achieved the third loss, they'll be ranked in the top six? <laughs> uh, um, all I want to say is that uh, a couple of their losses have been rather mathematically improbable, much like Michigan's. And uh, man, I'm going to stick with that uh, and just roll with it. Um, we have big boots to do, but first I want to get... Um, so first, uh, hi, my co-hosts. I have not welcomed you in and we are half an hour into the show. Uh, you have heard Dan's voice so uh, already. Um, Dan uh, logged off for a little bit this weekend and I, and I think that was uh, that was good. Um, so are, are, are you feeling a little, uh, rejuvenated now? Uh, no, um, but, uh, <laughs> honest answer. More, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm feeling good and normal, um, and not mad. Uh, I, yeah, no, I, I would say that I pretty much, I recovered pretty quickly from this loss, which, um, I think I've just, I, I know that we say we're numb a lot, but I've, I'm pretty numb to like painful, painful MSU losses, especially. Um, so I decided to stop looking at my phone because it was just making me sad and uh, turn off notifications for Twitter and delete my 24 seven account and uh, just generally not listen to any sports podcast this week. And um, every time I start to think about Michigan football, I just tell my brain to stop thinking about it. Um, and that's actually been working pretty well. So I don't think I'm going to go to therapy. Um, I don't <laughs> think I need it. Uh, I have a perfect brain and it's, everything's going to be fine. Um, Dan, so Dan just, rocks. Yeah. Every time that I'm going to, that I start getting sad, I'm going to just tell myself not to. Um, and I'm going to not watch uh, Michigan football ever again until this weekend <laughs> when I have, when I have tickets to a night game against Indiana that I have to go to because my parents already bought them. So, <laughs> they do this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to consume, I'm going to consume zero content until I literally show up at the stadium. And I think I'm going to try to be a fan that way. I'm just like, not knowing anything about the matchup, just kind of like walk in and be like, all right, I'm going to let this wash over me and just, you know, experience whatever happens here. Oh my God. I didn't know you're going to let like freezing rain when it's 35 degrees out at night, wash over you. That'll be beautiful. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's getting cold. uh, Just to let you know, it is freezing up here. And I mean, literally for the next four nights. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, it's great. Um, We have two Connors, Connor Southern, um, how you doing, man? Uh, have you bounced back? <laughs> Honestly, so uh, can I can I go into my big mood here with this? With this yeah, just fi- um, fire away. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just haven't been able to feel terrible about this. And I think like Seth over at MGo Blog uh, did a pretty good job, kind of conveying why. Um, at the one hand, it's a, it's a gut wrenching, heartbreaking loss. It was miserable to, to watch. Um, I didn't do anything else the rest of the day. I like basically crumpled into bed and stayed there until I went to sleep at like 8 PM. Um, so it was not great, but like looking back on it, uh, here's a hot take for Michigan fans. This one, I was thinking of which crushing Michigan loss this most reminds me of. Okay. And actually I think it most reminds me of uh, the 2016 Ohio state game, which now we look back on as like this ominous, horrible turning point that sent us into the abyss. But if you were to, if you go back to that moment, it was it was horrible. It was gut wrenching. It was a close game that involved more luck than usual, which is exactly what happened in this game. Um, and all the luck seemed to go against Michigan in both cases. But at the time, it really felt like you know a clash of titans. Um, 
two worthy opponents and we just happen to lose, which I think like that's how I kind of feel forced to look at this game because I do think the program is in a lot of ways trending in a good direction. I do think the program is actually under Jim Harbaugh is actually trying its best finally belatedly to address its problems. And I do feel better about Michigan's chances of actually having a breakthrough season in the next few years based on how the season is gone. And this game didn't really throw me off of that for how heartbreaking it is. So my big mood, my advice for everyone is I know it feels impossible, but like instead of setting everything in the context of a 15 to 20 year period where your arch rival has their best era ever, your second rival has like also maybe their best era ever and you get the short end of the stick because of that. Don't set this in context. Look at it as one game, one brutal game, one deeply unlucky game. Um, but if you look at it as one game and think about the actual trend lines for the program, I don't think it actually is that bad. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, you certainly look at it from the perspective of like our expectations, even just heading into this season. And I mean, I, I think all of us picked somewhere in the seven to eight win range and Michigan's already there. Um, I think we expected them to have a tough time with Michigan State and not even have a prayer against Ohio State. Uh, they should have beat Michigan State. Um, I got greeted in my email inbox from college football numbers with a uh, lovely little 69.9% win probability figure um, as the postgame nice. win, win expectation for Michigan nice. in that game. Um, very nice. The also very nice, nice possible. <laughs> yeah, it really is brutal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this Michigan State team is obviously quite good. Um, they also probably got a little fortunate in this game and uh michigan also uh booted some really good chances to uh close this game out um so i mean if you look at it and try to forget about the other times that they've also not been able to close out games against good opponents uh for reasons that seem to be related to the universe just hating us um then it is it is pretty easy to feel like you know the trend line is still good um the offense has still been getting better They've got young quarterbacks. Um, the defense has that Andrew Anthony who rocks. <laughs> yeah, the, he, Andrew Anthony had a phenomenal game. It looks like they might have a legitimate number one receiver there in the future, and not just in terms of his uniform number. Um, and you know, the defense has made a remarkable turnaround from where uh, it was last year. So there are still reasons to believe, and, and also the. I mean, I mentioned earlier when talking to RJ, like they they have the five-star corner committed, they might get another one. And that kind of shorts up the, the biggest area of weakness on this team. But um, it's tough to sometimes but they lost. Yeah, <laughs> they lost. It <laughs> really lost. sucked. Um, yeah. We've gone through a lot of those. And sometimes it's difficult to get past like, oh, like they keep taking these just horrific gut punches. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I just, I, I, sorry. I Go ahead, Connor. You're, you're, what, you're, what you're about to say is probably more worthwhile than what I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, it's probably the same thing. Um, or maybe like just the, maybe the inverse of what you're going to say, which is just like, I, I totally feel like on the one hand, I think that we could all pinpoint the moment where we kind of felt like this was going to happen all over again. Actually, for me, it was that fourth and that fourth and fourth throw where Peyton Thorne, who was having a pretty garbage game mm -hmm. in general, um, just hit like, you know, an NFL throw to Jaden Reed, who also made an NFL catch over Dax Hill who was in a good position and didn't quite get there. 
that would have been a game ending play and anything other than a perfect throw. And it is a game ending play. Um, and you could just feel the universe shifting. And then it started drizzling and it was like, okay, Michigan state's dark magics are still there. <laughs> like Mark D'Antonio came back and brought his warlock powers with him uh, to make the drizzle, you know, make it impossible for Cornelius Johnson to catch the ball. I felt all of that. And it was all emotionally very real for me. I will say though, that like, that like the, the but they lost thing is is in a sense the final assessment of this as a game. Um, I will say though there's a huge difference between a loss where it feels like you prepared for this opponent and you built a team going to this game that could get it done in every sense and you didn't quite do it. That's the kind of loss that I want my football program to have, even if there's a feeling of dark magics in there. What I don't want is for us to just like, you know, not prepare for what Ohio State runs or not recruit the guys we need to beat Wisconsin. I do feel like Michigan is still losing away from that, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I like I, I'm going to stay away from like talking about the trend line of the program in general, because I just feel like I'm not ready to talk about like the long-term viability of a Jim Harbaugh program, because it's like, I don't know, we're in year, we're in year seven. And it feels like I, it feels like kind of like an asymptote of, you know, like just getting almost there, like infinitely closer and closer, um, you know, but never quite getting there. And it's ultimately like, that's all well and good. um, But if you're just not getting any actual enjoyment as fans out of this, um, which, you know, quite honestly, like, beat all, all, all uh, no offense to our guests, but like beating the rest of the teams in the big 10, like doesn't feel very uh, gratifying. <laughs> um, Thank you. It's like, it, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's just Indiana. Right. And, um, <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> all right, all right, use so, code bucket. No. Problem for 50%. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it's, but it's like, right. Like if, here's the thing if you're at Michigan and you're not bringing home hardware and you're not beating Ohio state and you're losing to Michigan state way more than you have any right to, um, then like, you know, what are you doing here? And I, that's not me saying like, Oh, they should fire Harbaugh. I do. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of of the same mind that they're, they're, they're probably going to, and probably should just run it back another year. But that doesn't change the fact that like this, this last, the last seven years have been just maximally disappointing from a Michigan fan perspective. Um, just not much to hang your hat on ultimately. It is difficult to argue with that. Um, if I can put you on the spot, home field, Connor, as an outsider, mm. what would you do? Well, look, you're probably going to beat Maryland, probably going to beat Penn State. If you snap the streak against Indiana, you're looking at a 10 and 2 <laughs> record this year. That's, <laughs> I, I should have that. seen that coming. Walked right into it. It was either I went that route or like a big setup for talking about Indiana women's basketball, but leading you to think it was about Indiana football. So um, Which I, I would have been on board for, and we would have lost uh, my two co-hosts, I think, but uh, yeah, totally. But we can Allie talk Patberg. Nas Hillman and Allie Patberg uh, at some point in the, in oh, the absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. I have um, my, I'll throw my Michigan bona fides on the table. Many family members I went there grew up in Michigan. My father-in-law was a backup backup quarterback under uh, God Wangler and uh, Leach. So, like, I have a lot of Michigan family connections, and it feels like they're all feeling the same way you are. From the outside, as someone who cheers for the losingest football program of all time, I'd kill to be in your position, to be, <laughs> um, to be frank. Um, I just don't know where you go 
as long as a, there's an Ohio state in the world and it, can you build a death machine if they exist hundred plus miles from you? I don't know. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the vibes that you guys had before this one last game were really good and on the up and up. Um, so unless you get suit, man, I don't know. I feel like you're running back with him or maybe that's part of me just wanting to have you guys not be elite elite, but yeah, I, I from an you were outside like catering to your audience. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. That's shop at home field. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, there there's potential that an offensive coordinator from your conference is free this year, and <laughs> he has experience at Michigan. You already took that school's uh, legendary running backs coach, so you can try <laughs> the offensive coordinator too if you would like. Uh, yeah, I. I think, I mean, you guys actually looked good this year from the games I watched. And again, I'm from Indiana, so take all of my football judgment with a grain of salt. But, you know. I mean, you saw some good football uh, last year, two years ago. And the year before. Yeah. yeah. I, some would say it's smoke and mirrors. Uh, but I actually thought it was good football. I mean, that's the thing when everybody talks about Indiana is they make it sound like it was one year. And it was about three to four years of toiling at five and seven with Kevin Wilson and scaring the hell out of everyone. And then, uh, you know, there was some actual building for about two years with that nine Windiana team. And then with this past year's team that caught about a trillion good breaks, but frankly, it's the first Indiana team that's ever caught a good break. So we deserve them and we still deserve more. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we're really bad this year. If you want to talk about that, we are going to get, I will be there as well, Dan, with my Michigan family. And it's going to be horrible. The 730 kick was just like that honestly it's punishment to me yeah it's rough it's punishment to everybody involved i I, like (laughs) this game is an affront to uh, apparently several deities and i i don't know because sticking this as the 7 30 p.m fox game is just cursed um that's when baseball should be on (laughs) oh Uh, god like I, i it like and it's on Fox, so it's going to be, I don't know, four, four and a half hours. Uh, so that'll be cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the good thing is, at least, is that it, it maybe won't even be an interesting game to watch because it might not be very competitive. Um, uh, no. Yeah, I, I mean, from what we've seen of Indiana, um, the offense is rather broken, and so is Michael Penix. There uh, it is. And uh, the defense is not what it has been under um, Tom Allen. It seems like uh, the uh, coordinators who took head coaching jobs were perhaps replaced by people who have not um, lived up to that standard. No. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what a lot of us are coming to the realization of is that good Penix, covered up a lot of flaws that existed with this offense. Um, like and running on every first down. Oh my God. Yeah. Like running, <laughs> Sorry. Like running on every first down it, I guarantee you right at the middle, right. And in, right into the middle of that uh, Michigan line, it's going to be sick. Um, but yeah, it's, it, he's had three season ending injuries. I mean, I'm going to run down the list of everyone says he's just probably had his fourth with the AC joint, which just saying it's week to week, but I mean, he's not going to play again this year, um, which sucks. Cause like he's done a ton for Indiana and like has fought back every time. And then you just, you hate that 
for anyone to have four season-ending injuries. Uh, and then Jack Tuttle, the backup, who's okay. He was serviceable last year. Uh, he goes down with an injury, so now we're down to Donovan McCauley, who is going to be great, uh, but he's a true freshman, and it's super obvious that they did not plan for him to run anything this year. Most of the times, you don't plan for your third-string quarterback to do so. But, yeah, it's just been – it's been really – just not fun this year in the past when we've been bad welcome it's just yeah exactly i feel like you guys last year in the past when we've been bad at least it's been really fun like you know we'll scare the hell out of you for three and a half quarters then we'll just you know have some penalty that i didn't know existed but it's just on 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 poor management coach might throw his gum yeah that's what the joy of being an indiana football fan is it's all vibes and emotions nothing like I guarantee you we will not have three timeouts at the end of either half. Uh, that's just, that's just how we do things. Uh, it's all about vibes and uh, going off how you feel. So yeah, this year has been bad. It's just Kalen DeBoer two years ago was incredible as an OC. And obviously he's got Fresno rolling. Uh, Kane Womack we had for two years as a defensive coordinator. His first year actually wasn't great, which was the nine Indiana team that um, went to the Gator bowl, uh, which did not have a conclusion. And they, he, he, uh, yeah, it took him a minute after his first year. And I mean, the defense last year was amazing and we do have all the same guys back for the most part, but I mean, our secondary, which is the best part of this team. I mean, Taiwan Mullen's been hurt most of the year. Um, Raheem Lane's been hurt a little bit. Devin Matthews been hurt a little bit. He's been back. And then, um, yeah, Reese Taylor's been hurt too. We had like one good, offensive player this year because Ty Freifogel just is bad now apparently um in DJ Matthews and then he tore his knee on a muff punt because of course so it's just everything that could go wrong how last year everything that went right did go right this year it's just been the opposite and it just seems that no one is good anymore and now we have a third string uh true freshman quarterback so things are looking great (laughs) so so let me ask you a question Connor um yeah what do you see like you know long term Indiana obviously you know, probably will and is and probably always will be a basketball school. What do you feel like if, if, if I gave you a 10 year period of mm-hmm. Indiana football, what what do you want to see out of realistically out of that 10 year period? Because that's that's how I try to gauge my yeah. own fandom in terms of like being yeah. realistic with expectations. And I'm I'm curious where where you are as an Indiana fan now that you've you've seen what it can feel like to have at least a, a good team once or twice. Oh yeah, that was sick. Um, <laughs> I had never realized you couldn't like. I I literally had never thought in my life. Like, I'm not even kidding you. I literally did not think that was possible in my lifetime last year. Um, because again, um, I'm saying my my in laws are Michigan people, and so I've actually uh, my wife my wife uh, grew up massive. <laughs> sorry, I can't turn it off. Massive. <laughs> Grew up a massive Michigan fan, and she ended up choosing Miami of Ohio instead of Michigan for school. Cradle of coaches is why, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, regardless, though, massive Michigan football fan, and I've made her into an Indiana football fan the last few years. And so it's been like expectation setting for her. Uh, where I've to this conversation, it's literally like six and six, just get to a bowl, like consistently getting to a bowl. And then every once in a blue moon, you have an eight or nine win season, which is why nine win Indiana was so hilarious when I was sitting down with Dan's best friend, Kyle Robbins and Chris uh, <laughs> over a beer as we determined that Indiana was going to win nine games that year. Uh, because I, literally I, it was with 
completely outside the realm possibility for us. We just want to like make a bowl game, not be a, literally the losingest program in college football history. And um, yeah, just, just have fun once teams. every 33 years. Yeah, that was awesome. That was sick. <laughs> um, again, that was sick. I don't, you can't hurt me now. Um, but yeah, Ohio state's been since 88. So that's the next one to knock off. Um, well, they're due. Yeah. Obviously, these streaks go at 33-year cycles. So They are due. I mean, it's really just something on Saturdays to not be, like, completely embarrassed. I mean, we had a Heisman candidate in Antoine Randall for a couple of years, and he never made a bowl game. Like, that's the kind of stuff we do. So, I mean, if you look at Indiana's longest-tenured coach and Bill Mallory, he coached from 84 to 96, and I just pulled up his uh, total winning percentage. It was 69, nice, and 77. So that's what we're going for. It's oh, like man. just 500, you know, they kept Corso around for 10 years, the losing record. So yeah, it's, it's a, just impossible. It's a storied program. Um, just yeah. not necessarily in the ways you would hope. <laughs> uh, no, no. I had, I, so I was doing some research um, a couple, like when I was trying to do my uh, big 10 previews and I was shocked and I'm not trying to just pile on. No, I think go for it. I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty <laughs> weak to like pile on to uh, the, the like, a, a team that you know is like not supposed to even be like good at football so but i was shocked that not even indiana has actually been in the big 10 longer than michigan because michigan left in the 30s they've been in the big 10 the entire time and i was like i just had assumed like all right they've got to have like 10 big 10 titles like nope there was so long that we were sharing them and like they just accidentally, like when they played like five games, I'm like, no, they have like three titles all time in like 130 <laughs> years. That's that is that is I did not realize I really didn't realize it was that bad. And I'm sorry to like be just no, honest, but <laughs> no, again, you cannot hurt me. I've been trying to say that the depths to which we've gone, um, it that's when people that's when you have the conversation with people. And I've tried to tell that to Krista, like literally. I, I, when we leave in the third quarter and she's like, no, come on, you stay for a whole football game. I'm like, I don't know. You, you don't, you leave in the middle of the third quarter. It's cool. I will try to do that this Saturday. It won't happen as we lose like 48 to 10. It's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, this, I, there is not, I can't think of a good comp for Indiana football because until like the, the nine Indiana season, like everybody randomly, like Kansas had a, crazy year where they made the orange bowl or whatever UConn football had that year Indiana the one time we have a Rose Bowl it was in 68 and the only reason we went to the Rose Bowl is because back in the day you weren't allowed to go to two Rose Bowls in a row and so instead of Purdue they sent us um it was so that's, Purdue that was gonna yeah. that too. Oh, that's, that's so amazing. that's so cruel to screw Purdue <laughs> out of the Rose Bowl no they it's deserve like, oh no let's not let Purdue go twice in a row like, are you kidding me let them go twice in a row it's Purdue no they deserve nothing sorry Katie but listen <laughs> they got because they're 20 miles east or west or whatever of us they get the easy side of the conference and they get to just charge up and beat the hell out of whoever's leading the big 10 that year and like waltz into a bowl game like we just have to play michigan ohio state penn state and michigan state every year and it's terrible the purdue boilermakers have had it too easy for too long they have (laughs) the people i've been saying this i've been saying that's that's like i mean that's just like if, if like uh I mean, like an orphan found like a quarter on the street and then they found like a dollar and there's like, no, you can't have that dollar. Like he's already got a quarter. Like it's, you, you wouldn't let Purdue go to two straight Rose Bowls. Like, 
I am. That is, that's a hilarious fact. <laughs> I am in the gutter, and I need that quarter to roll down to me. <laughs> damn it! All right. I want the quarter. Look, Purdue got Bob Greasy and then Drew Brees, and Indiana could only dream of having such quarterback spoils until they had <laughs> Antoine Randall and Michael did, Penix, did, did, did and then Michael Brees... Penix got hurt four times. Did Drew Brees go to Purdue? Because I haven't heard that. Uh, <laughs> I feel like him, I don't know if any astronauts ever went to Purdue. I don't know if they have a big drum. I don't know any of those. They don't those have a big drum. Have. It's How actually big quite small. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I think they have of, of all of all I've been told every day of my life they have a normal sized drum. Um, and <laughs> I don't know if there's any astronauts. Stop asking about there. it. All right. It's, yeah, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> Drum's fine. Do they have I a like... good engineering program? I haven't heard that either. Um, <laughs> Connor, I actually have a question for you. Um, hey, Connor. Because one thing I was thinking about for other Connor, yeah. Because um, one thing I was thinking about for Indiana is like I, I know that it's like got to be immensely frustrating to you know, frankly, struggle to recruit because you're in not an amazing recruiting region and you're surrounded by schools that suck up all the talent in the region, including Notre Dame. <laughs> um, Purdue. Yeah, and Purdue takes all the all the great players, of course, as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I just, one thing I thought about Indiana going into this year when we were doing preseason previews was they seemed to do quite well in the transfer portal. And I thought they might be the all transfer team of the big 10. Sadly, I am forced to say that Michigan state is like by far and away the transfer uh. all-star team this year, which is miserable. I, as an aside, like what was wake forest thinking, man? Like what is going on at that institution? I know they've won games this year, but like, how hey, what was Kenneth Walker anyway. thinking they're undefeated or were I have, I stopped checking. He, that's true. He'd probably put a bigger <laughs> number than the ACC, but I'm sorry. That was, a, that was a, a tangent. I'm just saying like, what do you think about that? Like the chances of Indiana, some like one day putting together like a shockingly good transfer team and like, and, or why did that not happen this year? Like what, what went wrong there? Oh man. Yeah. There's a lot there. First, I got to say, you don't under any circumstances, got to hand it to Michigan state. Um, <laughs> Thank but you. But beyond that. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it's uh, yeah, we did have a really good year in the transfer portal, which was like so funny. Cause we brought back like everyone except for Walt Fillier. Um, and it was like a white Cameron Buckley from Texas A&M. We had a Michigan transfer in there. I forget who it was because we had, I mean, we had DJ Matthews from Florida state. I mean, those are that's Zach Carpenter the offensive lineman. There we go. Yeah. Our offensive line, which is really great. Um, <laughs> you know, we just like, we just had a bunch of these like helmet transfers basically that like got us excited. Cause we're normally picking stuff up like, Oh, look from Bowling green. Um, and, I don't know what happened. I can't speak to really anything football related again. I'm from Indiana uh, or what's going on in that locker room. But I mean, Tom Allen for all of the, uh, the corniness and everything. Like, I mean, people seem to absolutely love to play for him. Um, And he's just recruited well in general too. And like, honestly, we all thought those transfers would be impact players right away. I mean, Ryder Anderson has from Auburn or not from Auburn, uh, from Ole Miss, and same with Jaron Handy from Auburn on the defensive side. But, yeah, it just – we barely seen Cameron Buckley and then um, DJ Matthews, who's shaping, honestly, to be our number one receiver, even with uh, Fry Fogel, because Fry Fogel can't catch a ball anymore. Um, just he, after tearing his knee, yeah. It, it's, it's just been such a weird year because, again, not many people left. It was all the same people. Penix was coming back, and it just it feels like – I mean, we maybe regressed the mean a little bit. Like if you asked me before the season, I was like saying probably seven wins. 
Um, but I just didn't see this happening and nobody really knows other than like the line is just really bad. Like there are some theories right now that like all linemen groups were kind of bad last year because they didn't have as much time and they were all separated. And so in that effect, like Indiana was maybe already at the, the baseline and everybody came down to them uh, mm-hmm. in terms of line play. And then we just didn't elevate uh, because they weren't actually that great. Um, and it's showing we can't, I mean, Every, we have two quarterbacks that are down already. Uh, and so praying the third does not go down. It's just well, been losing, a weird, weird losing Mullen, who was a, you know, like yeah. possible all American candidate as a quiet. I mean, I loved what he brought to that defense. Oh my and, God. And to not have him out there, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't just impact the pass coverage, but you could toy around with more coverages when you knew that he was just going to lock somebody up. Oh, totally. It's just been weird in general. Like the team kind of feels like it's just been unraveling to a degree. Like, I was at that Michigan State game and we were up for a long time and in no moment did any of us think we were going to win. And we only lost by five or up 14 nothing on Cincinnati. Um, there's just been some, yeah, it's just been a weird, weird season. Now I think it's to the point where like we lost to Maryland last week and this team just does not believe in itself at all. Yeah, I think there's something to be, I think there's something to be said for the fact that Indiana's schedule it, it is brutal. I think yeah. that this is a team yeah. that if they had, been able to play a normal non-conference garbage schedule and get a, get like get rolling a little bit, figure yeah. some things out, especially with Phoenix coming in off of injury. Um, that I think this season could have gone a lot differently because I, I just do think like things like Freifogel being just bad now feel like products of uh, a little bit of like just negative momentum and things just mm-hmm. snowballing a little bit. And I think that that's something that. You can't quite like if you're Indiana, and again, not to like belittle Indiana no. again for the thousandth time, <laughs> it's like half hour. But uh, I think that when you're Indiana, you can't really afford things to like start off badly because you probably can't fall back on the talent as much. You kind of have to get the momentum rolling forward in the correct direction and then ride that through to, you know, glorious victory over Purdue 14 10. Um, and, a, and, a, and a mid-tier ball game. But That's when it right. starts off, when it starts off, you know, like slow, it's kind of hard and like you end up losing to, you know, Maryland. And that's when things kind of get, um, you know, unravel a little bit. Oh yeah, totally. It, um, it, that's why the last few years, like we used to schedule really hard non-con and then it's just kind of like, what the hell are we doing? And we just, it was like UConn type opponents in the non-con and people up in West Lafayette would get upset uh, because they'd schedule Notre Dame and it'd be like, well, just schedule easier opponents. You don't, you know, just, yeah, just come on. Uh, so, uh, it, it only says you, you only need six wins. It doesn't say they have to be against good teams. Yeah, you can, you exactly. can just schedule FCS teams. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like that's what we started to do. And it was awesome, but it also did give confidence too. I mean, like even this year, like we open up with Iowa who like fake good, obviously now, but then Idaho is like the only easy game because then we go, and have Iowa or Cincinnati at home crowds going nuts. We're up 14 zip. It's look, they're about to punt. It's looking like potentially 21 zip. And then uh, Michael McFadden gets tossed for targeting. And like it's 14, 14 and a half or 14, 10. Then you go the next week, you have Western Kentucky. Who's like not good, but also like terrifying with their offense. It mm-hmm. felt like playing a triple option team. And you just like jump all into like the meat teeth of the big 10 schedule, like with Michigan state and, Ohio State and Penn State, like literally, that was back to back to back. Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State. Um, it was pretty sick. Um, so, <laughs> like now with Michigan, like it's just 
it yeah it's so bad I, we we very well could end the season two and ten i don't see Rutgers is the only win i see on the schedule at home and i'm not even sure about that i will be there of course um yeah it's yeah i i am feeling good enough to kind of toss the season out on bad vibes totally and just see i mean again beggars can't be choosers and we have like four four stars in the next class that's coming in which is cool we have a coach that's excited about indiana football um even if we make a ton of just absolutely completely avoidable mistakes uh and what more can you ask for than somebody who wants to be at indiana coaching football so yeah we're just uh it's still overall i mean the fact that i've seen a full crowd at memorial stadium two or three times this year and it wasn't just the ohio state game i that just doesn't happen so there's still overall good feelings around the program um, we just have to learn how to be football fans because you're like used to basketball where like one Tom Crean recruiting class can make you the number one team of the country. And then the next year you don't make the NIT and then the next year you make the tournament again. So it's just, you know, understanding that it takes a very, very, very long time to make a football program. Anything sort of relevant. It is, it is a slow and difficult build. Um, before we let you go, Connor, um, we're doing our pick segment next. I, I know your, Ooh. your pick for, this game in all likelihood uh-huh. straight up is Michigan, but uh, uh-huh. we're picking against the spread here. So yep. uh, it's 19 and a half points. Michigan favorite over Indiana listed on points bet. Last I checked. Uh-huh. Uh, if you had to, which, which side would you be wagering on? Uh, I'm a massive emotional hedge better. So I'm going to say, uh, put that money on Michigan. I will be thrilled if we cover. Uh I also think Michigan's going to be pissed off, which again, I'm reading very much so into emotions because I don't understand anything about the game of football. Uh, so I'm going to uh, say, put the money on Michigan, but smash the under. And I don't even know what it is. Just, I don't care. Just put, it's, just put it's money 51. on the <laughs> And yeah, that would require Indiana to score some points. Uh, yeah. So, it yeah. doesn't happen. Um, all right. Well, um, home field, Connor, thank you for joining us. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, let's uh, let's hopefully get that Michigan shirt unveiled at some point. <laughs> it's a good one. Ace, I texted it to you. You saw. I you know. know. It's good. I, want, I, I want it to, to come to light, but I can't. I couldn't unleash it. So I, I didn't want people to be that disappointed. So mm-hmm. I wanted uh, to talk to you about making um, your large size shirts bigger. Um, I have. Uh, <laughs> I have. I, I have, uh, I've not weighed myself in six months, um, but I'm pretty sure I'm the exact same weight that I was before quarantine started. Um, and, uh, but some re- for some reason, your size large shirts are not fitting me anymore. And I think this is a de- degradation of standards in your, in your product. So just, just, just put that, you know, if there's someone in the warehouse, a little extra fabric, that'd be great. I have Dan needs a special, uh, Purdue drum size shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you just make if I order an XL, but I put a note in there that you could put like a large tag on it? You know, yeah. <laughs> could you do that for me? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I I have heard that you're pretty tall, so I do know that that's probably why you need the, the right the exactly yeah. sizes. I think yeah. I think I've grown vertically, yeah, but they're just tighter. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's shirts, man. What are you gonna do about right, them? Yeah, you know? who could you say? Who could say? Who could say? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You think I understand them? No, I tweet. Uh, yeah, no, thanks guys for having me. Uh, you're you're my favorite uh, Michigan podcast, so that says a lot. Um, and I very much so appreciate your hospitality and being nice to me about Indiana football 
because that's also very difficult to do. So thank you all. I appreciate it. Uh, Bucket problem. 15% off. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Connor. And thank you for thanking us for things we may or may not have done, because I don't know if we were nice to Indiana football, but I mean, (laughs) I did not. I did not hear the word Reddit once in this entire. Okay, That's true. (laughs) Which is all relative. Let me say on the record to a captive audience of Michigan people who are definitely still (laughs) listening at the moment. um, We were not Reddit. Everybody else who co-opted our movement they were reddit about it that happens every year to the hot team of the year and it's unfortunate you guys will never be reddit because you will never be beloved by all of america but that's what you get for being a blue bud um that just happened last year there were those who were reddit who co-opted us we are the true and faithful the brave fighters of marion county and monroe county indiana uh we our posters through and through, just like you, who would cringe at the Reddit. So I'm just putting that on the record right now. Indiana football, not Reddit. I'm still posting and we're two and six. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Connor. I, I think what he just said is that uh, Indiana and UCF are basically the same thing in terms of Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we almost entered the UCF zone during the whole Big Ten East debacle last year, which oh, we definitely, man. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Believe, oh God, yeah. We don't have to. We don't have to relitigate that. No, it's okay. Indiana, Indiana it being bad now makes them not Reddit. Um, Eastern Eastern Carolina is the new Reddit team. Um, oh, it's, it's whatever whatever team that at like every uh, college football blue check um, starts like pretending to really care about on like a Wednesday night football, and they're like, oh, they're so fun. Their offense is so fun. Put them in the playoff. I'm like, don't put them in the playoff. It's like we don't need to see this. It's like you can. It's okay. It was close anyway, to last sorry. year then. Coastal was true yeah. Reddit then. Yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> cool. I'm I'm glad I understand the criteria. Thank you. We've got that all cleared up. Do we have uh, anything else from Michigan State that we want to talk about, or do we just want to end this that whole segment of the of the show now? Not that we want to talk about. I mean, you know, I <laughs> I don't think I don't think we've eaten enough crow for a lot of uh, a lot of the Michigan State listeners um, uh, liking, but you know, I don't. We, we also don't have to because it's our podcast. <laughs> yes, so exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> we're we're going to keep making this mistake every year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we were wrong at all. Uh, no. I think we were fine. No, Michigan had a uh, 69.9% uh, post-game win probability. Therefore, uh, we are exonerated. Uh, we are never wrong. Uh, we are going to do the exact same thing next year. And uh, hopefully the results will change. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, now we got to do picks. Uh, these are brought to you by PointsBet. Uh, please download the PointsBet app and use promo code BucketProb to get 100% of your deposit matched up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 matched in the form of free bets. Uh, you must use the promo code BucketProb. That's Bucket, P-R-O-B, all one word. Please gamble responsibly. Set limits. Avoid chasing losses. Never bet what you can't afford to lose. Take breaks when you need it and use the self-exclusion feature on the PointsBet app to stop yourself from betting. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-270-7117. Last week's picks, um, I won. Ha! For the first time, I think, all year. Um, thanks to uh, there being seven games and me managing to throw uh, a stay away in there, uh, I went four and two. Um 
Dan went three and four by being brave enough to actually pick all of them. Uh, and Connor and Alex both went two and three. Um, Dan still leaves the, leads the overall standings at 25, 21, and three. I'm not going to do the math in my head this, or on a calculator to see if that's better than Alex's 2017 and three. I'm pretty sure Dan's doing better. Um, or we're going to reward him for just uh, being brave enough to pick more games. Um, I believe I'm a, I'm a half game up is how you would calculate that. That, that There we go. Um, and uh, don't ask whether we all uh, had a loss last week on picking Michigan because uh, you already know the answer to that, jerks. Uh, first game. But you up. didn't play last week. What are yeah, you yeah. What, what are we even talking about? Uh, I blacked out. Um, first game up on the docket is at noon. And boy, do I wish was this was the slot Michigan is playing in. But instead, it is Ohio State minus 15 at Nebraska over under of 64 points. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm taking Ohio State. I, I, can't, I, can't just, I can't with this Nebraska team. Um, and also this Ohio State team is extremely good. Uh, I would probably take this up to about 18 points or so uh, with Ohio State um, being this much better than Nebraska, even when Nebraska is good. And they're liable to be very bad. Um, so, yeah, I I actually bet this one, uh, Connor. The, I, I know you're you're hoping that something goes awry, but ultimately, what's your pick? You know, I just feel like it would be irresponsible to like start making chaos bets in hopes of catching up to Dan, um, because I do think that Ohio State will romp in this game. However. I did say a while back that the funniest outcome this season would be if Nebraska beat Ohio State and didn't make a bowl game, which I like would be, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the table. Not gonna, probably not going to happen. But, you know, I could see I could see Scott Frost making this a game, not least because he keeps losing by like five and a half points on average or whatever it's been this year. Um, could be a game. But I think you do have to pick Ohio State if you're being a responsible gambler. However, I'm hoping for a chaotic outcome here. If you're being irresponsible, the muddy line is plus 480 for Nebraska. Uh, Dan, what is your pick? Um, so Ohio State has one, had one of those weeks last week where they um, just sort of like fell asleep and had a bunch of turnovers and um, just generally looked like uninspiring, but still won comfortably against Penn State. And uh, that means that this week they're going to score a billion points because that's what they do. Um, this is like a classic – it, the, once you start fit feeling like Ohio State might not be incredible, they usually have like a, a 52 to three win over like a uh, over a bad team. So Ohio State uh, easily covers this game. Sometimes it's right after they uh, decide to switch defensive coordinators. Next game up is Illinois plus 14 and a half at Minnesota. Good God. Um, <laughs> over under of 44 points. Uh, what's even more horrifying here is that normally I would go with the uh, – underdog on a low total but i just think illinois is is bad enough that um i think minnesota covers this by um competence uh so yeah i'm, I'm putting my faith in competence uh connor um what's your pick here uh i find pj fleck immensely annoying and I will admit I haven't watched Minnesota this year. Uh, <laughs> and I will also admit that uh, Illinois lost last week after their, you know, uh, inspiring defeat of Penn State. However, however, I think that's a lot of points. Um, and I don't think Minnesota is that good. I still don't think they're particularly great. So 14 and a half, more than two touchdowns. Yeah, let's go. Fighting Burt's, baby. Uh, all right. Um, Minnesota, I, I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying they're not terrible. Dan, 
uh, you're a little indecisive, as is your want. Yeah, um, I'm indecisive, but I'm also winning uh, this competition. So <laughs> I don't really want to hear Fair. it. Um, so <laughs> I think I, I'm going back and forth on this. Uh, Illinois qu- quietly lost. They lost to Rutgers last weekend, right? I I, I yes. totally blocked out football, obviously, after, you know. Um, oh, Rutgers even should... covered, as great teams do. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to say that um, – I'm going to go with Minnesota. Uh, they feel like they at least do some things well. Illinois rushing for a billion yards against Penn State feels like maybe it was kind of a one-off thing where they used a lot of gimmicky, yeah. like um, uh, like seven offensive line formations that Penn State was just zero percent prepared for. So uh, yeah, I'll go with Penn State. It's or uh, I'll go with Minnesota. It's at Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's, uh, you know, the Minnesota's pr- pretty good. Um, they're not, they're not going to beat any of the good teams, in the big 10, but it feels like they're playing a little bit gatekeeper this year. It's like, if you beat Minnesota, you're, you're a pretty good team in the big 10. Um, if you don't, you're not. So it, the Gophers are a big 10 West contender because, uh, that's where we are in 2021. <laughs> uh, speaking of which Wisconsin favored by 12 at Rutgers, um, who's plus three seventy on the money line, uh, for some of you sickos out there. Uh, the over under for this game, 38. Um, now I am sticking to my underdog with a excruciating low total. I'm picking Rutgers. That's too many points for Wisconsin. I, I know Rutgers is uh, real bad, um, but they did manage to beat Illinois last week. They have shown some semblance of competence. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't trust Graham Mertz to necessarily repeat uh, last weekend's performance when he was actually uh, good at quarterback for the first time in a very long time um, since uh, since he played Illinois, really, that one time at the beginning of last season. Uh, so um, I am gritting my teeth and taking Rutgers and staying away from that total. Uh, Dan, I'll throw it to you next for this one. Yeah, um, I'm going to stick with what I was saying last week. Wisconsin is good. Um, they might not be good at offense, but they are a good team overall because their defense is very good and their offense is learning to play um, to, you know, go back to more of just running the ball twice and then, you know, figuring it out on third down, which is what makes them uh, Wisconsin. Um, they're good. They're going to win the West, um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, and yeah, because they, they, they're going to they're gonna beat Minnesota in that Axe game. They just beat Iowa. They're going to win the West. Um, and this 12 points, like Rutgers still sucks. They're still kind of like jockeying for probably the worst uh, team in the big 10 this year. So yeah, uh, Wisconsin covers. All I'll say is that, uh, I threw a, uh, a free bet bonus that I got preseason on Wisconsin to win the big 10 at plus 1200. And if they managed to make the title game, I would suddenly become extremely interested in it. Um, Connor, uh, you also have the Badgers. Yeah, I mean, just to echo what Dan's saying, Wisconsin is definitely winning the West. Uh, A big part of that is they have a historically good defense, one of the best we've seen in the Big Ten in a while, which, by the way, is why I think that Michigan hanging, was it like 38 points on them on the road, will probably go down as Michigan's best win this year, uh, unless Michigan can beat Ohio State. Like, I think 10-2 Michigan beating Penn State, Wisconsin will still be their their crowning achievement. so, yeah, I mean, I think the Badgers are formidable and um, are going to put, put a hurting on these guys. All right. Um, my, my chance to make up ground, I guess. And this one looks like uh, one, too. Um, 
this line did strike me as a bit odd um, heading in. Uh, Michigan State favored by only three points at Purdue. Uh, the over-under for this game, a mere 54. And I am going to go against um, most of my football analysis and uh, my instinct here, because first of all, uh, that's done uh jack shit for me so far this year i'm the only one with a losing record and uh i just think uh purdue beating michigan state would be incredibly on brand for michigan state to uh fall back to earth against a team that stinks but um has a a habit of upsetting highly ranked teams that are maybe a little bit fraudulent and also purdue beating michigan state would make michigan fans absolutely hate themselves and therefore that is what is going to happen um, you guys disagree because apparently you still have faith in Michigan fandom. <laughs> uh, Connor, go ahead. I mean, honestly, like Michigan State losing would make me feel great because I, I still hold out a glimmer of hope that Michigan could win the Big Ten. I know it seems unlikely, but you know, not not counting the, not counting these guys out yet. Um, it's just not enough points, and I think that the problem here is that uh, Kenneth Walker the third actually is the best running back in the country, which I hate to say, but. I mean, like (laughs) Michigan wins that game handily if it's not for just that one dude. And uh, I don't think anyone's going to have an amazing answer for him. I think you're going to have to beat Michigan State by spotting them like three spectacular Kenneth Walker, the third place and going from there. And I think Purdue's going to be able to do much with that. So we did forget to ask uh, Homefield Connor what kind of. A ridiculous sorcery Indiana busted out against Kenneth Walker to hold him below four yards of carry. Uh, Dan, your pick for this one? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – I think this game could be interesting um, only because Purdue kind of made a living against um, Iowa just passing the ball uh, and, you know, taking advantage of soft corners. Um, and they can pass the ball pretty competently. And if you can pass the ball competently against Michigan State, you can move the ball really reliably but I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, Michigan State's pass rush is probably going to get home a ton against Purdue. Uh, and three points is not enough. If this was like, if this was even like seven, I would probably take Purdue, but three is not enough. Um, Kenneth Walker, Purdue's, Purdue's run defense is not very good. And Kenneth Walker is going to run for probably 400 yards, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh, Michigan State just needs to lose one game besides Ohio state and we can still have a meaningful uh, Michigan, Ohio state game um, that, you know, we'll, we'll lose obviously. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't know why I brought that up. I'm just like, I, I had like a second of, I had a second of like getting back into it and hope there, but I'm not going to do that to myself. So <laughs> we, we are fighting these battles, um, you know, as we talk through them, folks, this is uh we're not doing this live, but we are kind of doing this live. Um, gosh, our, our next game is Penn state favored by 10 at Maryland total of 55 points in this one. All of us have Penn state, um, which concerns me because, uh, when we all pick somebody, they tend to lose. Um, but, uh, I just, uh, Maryland feels like a very easy team to pick against, um, anytime after September. And that has held consistent for um, the last month. Uh, Penn State is unreliable, but that at least makes them a better bet than a reliably bad uh, post-September Maryland. Uh, 
Anybody else got anything to add on this one? Uh, Penn State looks like maybe they're, you know, they, they, they played pretty well against Ohio State. And um, if Clifford is like, like back a little bit healthy, they're, 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 they're probably still a, you know, they're not going to win the East because they've already lost three big, big 10 games, I think. But they're at least like a, a force to be reckoned with. You know, I mean, they only really had the one bad performance against Illinois. So they, they did hang around for a while against Ohio State. All I have to say to this is that it's a big game for the guy who gave me the funniest Twitter reply I've ever received, which is when I once said that there's no major college football program within driving distance of New York City. And he sent me Google Maps links to uh, Penn State and Maryland and like UConn. (laughs) 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 And like, I think he threw Army in there too. Anyway, that was, that's like seared into my memory. Uh, So, big game for that, for those, that guy. I have some Maryland relatives in my family um, uh, and uh, shout out to them if they're listening. Um, but it, it is crazy that they, like Maryland fans do talk about themselves like a sleeping giant, which is wild to me. Like I, I get certain programs like having that opinion of themselves, but like Maryland has this like misconception that because um, the Under Armour guy went to their school, they could like be Oregon any year. Um, Cause they just have like cool uniforms, which, you know, that suck. Um, and uh it's it, it's crazy that Maryland is is low key one of the more delusional programs in the country. I think <laughs> they are a sleeping giant, kind of like how Purdue has the world's largest drum. Um, God, this slate doesn't get much better, does it? Iowa favored by twelve at Northwestern uh, over under of forty and a half. I'm just going to keep fading Iowa's offense, uh, and especially in a scenario where they are favored by twelve in a game where the total is 40 and a half. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel great about it, but, but give me the cats in this one. Uh, Connor, I think you're uh, feeling similarly, if not stronger. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was bad. Like there, I, I think the two like deeply fraudulent teams in the big 10 this year uh, are the two that met in that supposedly first big matchup, which is Iowa and Penn state. Um, Iowa, like, doesn't their offense is one of the worst in this conference. Um, I don't think Northwestern's any good. Yeah. I don't think Northwestern's Northwestern's any good, but like if history's taught me anything, it's that 12 points are always a lot in the big 10 West. So (laughs) Dan, I think you're thinking the same, but uh, I'm the total instead of the spread here. Yeah, this is, this is a total that like you couldn't go low enough for me. These are two completely inept offenses, and one of them is going to put up like less than 10 points, which me, and the other is not going to put up 30. So 40 and a half is, feels, which is a disgustingly low over under, feels too high. I'm, I'm going to go with the under. Um, like the Iowa's offense has not played a good game all year, and neither is Northwestern. So I don't see either of them getting over, uh, they they both have to get like over twenty, so I I don't see that happening. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the the under the horrible horrible under. I mean, I know Wisconsin's defense is better than Northwestern's, but Wisconsin and Iowa hit the under last weekend, and it was I believe uh, set at thirty six. So I, I mean, I guess you can expect Iowa's offense to have a little bit more success against Northwestern's defense, but. Yeah, 40, 40 and a half does feel a little high for this game. And that's uh, which is really... cra- it's crazy. But like, I mean, yeah, the, neither of these teams have any kind of competent quarterback. Like they just any passing down is just OK, might as well turn it over, you know, so. So tune in. That's a, That's a night game. That's the other night game. That is the seven o'clock BTN game. Uh, this is a horrifying weekend of games. 
That is, of course, capped off by Indiana uh, plus 19 and a half at Michigan over under of 51 for this one. And uh, I'm actually taking Michigan here. I just think um, Nick Sheridan is a really, really, really bad offensive coordinator. He is Mike DeBoard 2.0 instead of running zone left. He just runs it up the middle on first down. I, I mean, it's I don't know. It's it's been brutal to watch, uh, as you heard. Connor Hitchcock say, you know, they're down to their third string quarterback. They also have, uh, you know, serious injuries on a bunch of other spots on the field. Uh, disappointing play out of some of the players that they were hoping would step up. Um, and I do expect that um, kind of like how they have been in the past, that Michigan will come out um, firing on all cylinders after a really disappointing game. And Unfortunately, it'll be against a team where you don't really have to fire on all cylinders to come away with a comfortable win, but they'll do it and it'll be good and also frustrating. Uh, Connor, what's your pick? So I think one thing I really want Michigan fans to admit to themselves and uh, take to heart is that we've been looking for a good offense throughout the entire Harbaugh era. Uh, The closest we got prior to now was a stretch in 2019 when that offense started clicking and and it started clicking right around the time we played Indiana and annihilated a much better Indiana team uh, that mm-hmm. year. Um, and I, I have to say, this is, this is a good offense. Like I, I think you'd have to go back quite a ways to see Michigan get, you know, eight uh, games into the season and average well over 30 points per game. Um, I haven't checked, but like, it's probably been a long while given like the history of even Michigan's good teams. You, you might touch <laughs> in, in, Sam Beckler before you get a team. Uh, that, that yeah. Team. Or even farther back, just cause like, I don't know how high scoring even those best teams. I mean, again, like it, it could go back a long ways, right? <laughs> if it um, hit Yost and yikes, but you know, they, that might be. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think the thing is that like, this is just, you know, we can complain about various things, but like, this is a good offense, a very good offense. I think the good news is next year has a chance to be, even significantly better because the skill position players should be sick next year, but they're sick right now. And um, this is a team with a good locker room culture. This is a team that we've seen can put points on just a, up on just about anyone. And they're going to be extremely angry. Um, and I don't think they're going to hold anything back in their playbook. I think they're just going to frankly flatten Indiana. Uh, I could see them scoring 50 points in this game. So, yeah. Well, there is a way for Michigan to do that. And for the under to still hit, Dan, uh, are you are you picking fifty to zero or or a different way to hit the under? Yeah. Um. So Indiana's playing a third string quarterback. Um. They're not going to put up more than ten points, and I feel like Michigan will um probably put the offense away uh in the second half as they have done against most bad teams. Um. And mostly, I'm just not going to let myself get um back into this. Uh, <laughs> unless, um, unless I do, uh, which, you know, is, I don't really have any control over because I ultimately don't have much self-control. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the under because I don't think Indiana is going to cover, but I also don't want to bet on Michigan to cover because that would mean like rooting for Michigan, um, you know, heavily. And I'm trying not to do that right now. <laughs> and, uh, I am, uh, I'm, I think that I, but ultimately no, my actual analysis is that I think Michigan will score like 38, and they'll win like 38 to like three or 38 to six or something like that. And that's, that's an under um, over a uh, 51 feels high. Well, I, I can't blame you for that pick. And also for going with totals instead of spreads for the, your last couple of picks. Cause that's actually how I ended up winning last week. And uh, 
Actually, I only did spreads this week, so I'm I'm going to be right back in uh, in last place. Coming up next week, um, that is all for the show today. We are already at about 90 minutes here. Um, thank you to our guests, Richard Johnson of Split Zone Duo and Thinking Out Loud, and Connor Hitchcock of Homefield Apparel, which uh, use the promo code BucketProblem at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, follow at BucketProblem on Twitter. Go to www.thebucketproblem.com and subscribe to the newsletter and the bonus podcast. Uh, rate us, review us, um, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we've even got the Google podcast stuff uh, ironed out at this point. And uh, contact thebucketproblem at gmail.com for inquiries. Um, that's all for this week. Have a good one.